But I tell everyone who is listening, love your enemies, be kind to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who insult you. If someone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other cheek as well. If someone takes your coat, don't stop him from taking your shirt. Give to everyone who asks you for something. If someone takes what is yours, don't insist on getting it back. Do for other people everything you want them to do for you. If you love those who love you, do you deserve any thanks for that? Even sinners love those who love them. If you help those who help you, do you deserve any thanks for that? Sinners do that too. If you lend anything to those from whom you expect to get something back, do you deserve any thanks for that? Sinners also lend to sinners to get back what they lend. Rather, love your enemies, help them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then you will have a great reward. You will be the children of the Most High God. After all, he is kind and merciful to unthankful and evil people. Be merciful as your Father is merciful. Well, that's a good way to start a day, huh? Yeah. What a great opportunity just to get our hearts primed um, to help us to remember, and it's true. How cool is it that God's in this room? That He is so near to each one of us and ready to speak to us. And really, <clears throat> so for us now, it's simply to say, I want you to, God. I really do. I'm, I'm opening up my heart. I would love to walk out of here one step closer to you. And that's, and that's our hope for us today. So thank you again for joining us. And it's been a great morning, and I'm excited to be able to share with you as we continue this series called Radical. So um, for me personally, uh, as, when I was growing up as a kid, I, I loved games. Anybody, anybody else love games, right? Uh, games, cars, I just love that. So whenever my kids actually want to play games with me, I, I, I'm like, all right, that'll be awesome. So a couple weeks ago, uh, Ashlyn, actually my second daughter, wanted to play a game. And I said, that's fantastic. Why don't you choose whatever you want? And she actually chose the classic, Monopoly. <laughs> I'm like, no way. So yep, so we play Monopoly, and uh, Caleb and, and Susie and Ashlyn and I. Now, I don't know how she did it, but I swear, within like 10 minutes, she had all the railroads. <laughs> that's just not even fair. I'm like, who gave her the railroads, man? And here's why. I was the only one, but I landed on her railroads every time. I mean, it was pretty much pass, go, and hand Ashland the $200. I, it was so frustrating. So because of that, I was really dwindling in my money. Well, here's what was interesting. As my money dwindled, Caleb, every once in a while, he would just sit there and he'd go, hey, Dad, here's a 20. And then, and then he'd hand me a 50. He just kept, every time there was something, I'd have to give money away. He'd just go, here, Dad. And he called it courtesy. <laughs> so we kept having courtesy on me. So, so that was how Caleb played the game. And then Susie, you guys know how you play Monopoly, right? I mean, if, if the person lands on the property and, they, and the other person whose property it is doesn't notice and the next person rolls, man, you, you don't have to pay him anything. Well, every time Susie would land on something, the kids weren't paying attention, and then we'd keep going on, and then she would pay anyway. 
And Ashley would be like, Mom, you don't have to do that. And, and Susie kept saying, that's just how I play the game. So I'm like, hold on. And, and so the, and nobody's playing the game right. Because for me, right, and this, this is so bad, but here's Caleb dishing me money, and then I rolled next time, and I did have Boardwalk and Park Place, right? So he, he'd actually give me money, and then he'd roll, and he'd land on Park Place, and I'm like, uh, that's $375. Because <laughs> that's how you play the game. I, I didn't even know this. One time I, wasn't, I was so low on money, I didn't know, Ashlyn actually slipped me 300 bucks. I mean, everybody's just, this is messed up. So here's the game. You're supposed to be actively opposed to me winning, because I am to you. And the other thing is, you guys know how long Monopoly takes, right? I'm like, you guys, this game's never going to end if we don't start taking each other's money. You are my enemy when we play Monopoly. You're not playing the game right. You're not playing the game right. Well, thank God there's somebody else who doesn't play the game right. Look at this, Romans chapter 5, verse 10. While we were God's enemies. Now, some of you might be going, I've never been an enemy of God. Well, an enemy is just someone who's actively opposed to, how many of you have ever been actively opposed to God? Okay, every human, raise your hand. There's so many things that God says that we say no to, right? So we, he says, and, but here, look at this verse. While we were his enemies, actively opposed to him, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. Whoa, 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 whoa. God, you're not playing the game right. 2 Corinthians 5.18. And all of this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ. This is God. He looks at every one of us and he says, you know what? When you are actively opposed against me, I know how the game's played on earth. That's not how I play the game. When you're against me, I am going to do everything necessary to reconcile you to myself. So here's where we're going to go today, you guys. Our goal at K2 The Church is for every one of us, every one of us, to know him I am so not interested in religious activity. I am so not interested in following a bunch of rules. I am not interested in trying to be good so that God might like me. I want to do one thing. Paul said it. He goes, I, everything else is garbage compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing him. Jesus said this is eternal life. Eternal life is that you actually know God, the one true God. Now, what does it mean to know? So, so you guys got to understand this, right? We're talking relationship here. It's not rules. It's not going to church. It's not following stuff. It's knowing him. So I'm going to be remiss for me if I didn't celebrate a little bit. It says today, 17 years ago today, I married my bride, Susie. Today's our anniversary. So um, now here's the deal. I, and I say this, but you guys got to grasp this. I know Susie better than I know any of you in this room because I have let her into my life. She has been in places that nobody else will ever go, hopefully, right? She knows me, and I, but I know her because I see how she reacts to who I am. So we did a whole series called Behind Closed Doors because here's the deal. If you're going to know God, 
the only way you can know God is you have to let him in to your life. But that's only half of it. If all I did was let Susie into my life, that'd be kind of weird. The other thing that has to happen is I have to get into her life. I have to engage with her. I have to dive in. I have to walk with her. I have to experience life with her. And the same thing is true with God. The only way you can really know him is you got to let him in, but you also have to engage in his life. And what I realize about me, this is me personally, I have an easier time letting God into my life, like into my finances, into my, you know, work, into my fears, and I, I, I like actually letting God into those things. But when I look at his life, when I look at Jesus and how he lives, he's weird. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's, it's easy to go church. It is not easy to follow Jesus. But here's, here's, here's what I want to I encourage you in. I think most of us are struggling. Like, we don't feel close to God. We don't feel the power of God. We're lacking in peace from God. We don't, ha- we don't have his, pr- we don't sense God. You know why? Because there are some things that Jesus does, that who he is, and when we see what he does, we go, I ain't going there. I ain't going to do it. But if we're going to know him, and he says, man, if you'll know me, if you'll actually do that, I know this is scaring you, it scares the bejeebies out of you, but if you'll do it, you'll know me. And I will, in response, you will have eternal life. Man, I'm going to tell you today, we are, we are, this is an amazing, it's, it's crazy what we're going to look at today. But here's what we know. We call radical what to God is normal. We think it's radical what we're going to talk about today. And God, Jesus came to help us to see. But that's just normal for God. That's just who I am. We call radical what God calls reality. And so that's what we're going to look at here. And so here's what I want to say. If you're not a Christian here today, if you're kind of here, maybe you've been wondering, if you're investigating, if you just came with a friend or whatever, first of all, I just want to say thank you. We started this church to provide a safe place for people to be able to investigate who Jesus is. I want to tell you, I I think this is a great day for you to be here because what you're going to see in Jesus is probably so different than what you thought he was. And I want to tell you, man, this world is so broken, right? Everybody's freaking about about the election. Why? Almost everything we're afraid of is because it just looks like the country's going like this. It just looks like we're going to divide. And we need a radical love, right, to help us. Does this world not need some love? Okay, but I'm telling you, it's this love, and we're going to see it. It's crazy. But if you're a follower of Christ today, okay, for all of us who are Christians in here, this is our way. We just sang it. Jesus is alive in me. I've received his spirit. He's living inside of me. If that's true, then what he's going to teach us right now, I just, this is my new way. I am no longer a part of the world. I'm a part of the kingdom of God, all right? And I'm telling you, this is going to be a challenge. So here we go. Um, <clears throat> Jake, thanks so much for reading this passage. And let's go through it just one more time together and take this in, and then we'll tear it apart. Jesus says, to you who are listening, and I'm going to stop right there. By the way, you're here. See, you've already drawn near to God just by being here. You've already said, hey, you know what? I'd love to take one step closer to God by showing up. So just by the fact that you're here, 
You're one of these that Jesus, hey, you who are listening, way to go. Way to take the step today to be here. He says, I'm going to say to you, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, turn to the other, turn in the other also. If someone takes your coat, don't withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to listen, if anybody takes what belongs to you, get it back. No, do not demand it back. <laughs> All right. And look at right here, tucked in the middle of this crazy love, is what everybody likes to talk about. Do uh, to others as you would have them do to you. There it is. There's the golden rule. Everybody loves that. But what's it tied into? If you love those who love you, listen to this. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those who, from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love, come on, man, this is Jesus. This is how I live. Love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to get anything back, then your reward will be great. And you will be children of the Most High because He is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Radical love. Okay? Let's look at each one of these things. What does radical love actually look like? Number one, we need to love our enemy. Now, do you have an enemy? I don't know. I was, when I was studying this, I'm like, I don't know if many of you would say, yeah, I have an enemy. But here's what I would say. If you have unresolved conflict in your life right now, you have an enemy. If you have unresolved conflict, you have an enemy. Enemy is someone who's absolutely opposed to you. And if you're opposed to them, if you guys can't come here, you've got this going on right now. So the way of the world, what happens? In the way of the world, the, the Bible in, in James talks about the fact that there's, the way of the world is selfish ambition, bitter envy, and you fight back. And he says, why are there so many quarrels around you? Because you've got this thing inside of you where it really is about me. And so if there's an enemy and we're opposed to each other, I'm going to fight. That's the way of the world, man. Is that not what's going on in our world? It's happening everywhere. But the way of God is... When you were my enemy, I died for you. When you were my enemy, I reconciled. I didn't start fighting. I didn't keep fighting. You think you, Jesus, because he'd win. But instead, while I was his enemy, when I was opposed to God, he goes, I'm going to reconcile it to myself. Here's the way of God, man. Write this verse down. James chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. James 3, 17 and 18. The wisdom that comes from heaven, okay, this is how God operates, is first of all pure, then peace-loving. This is the way of Christ. Considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial, impartial. That means I'm not thinking about me, and I'm not actually thinking about you yet. I'm impartial. I'm thinking about us and sincere. And then peacemakers who sow in peace 
reap a harvest of righteousness. I want to tell you, man, this verse, I have memorized this thing, it is so important to understand because that's the way of God. That's the wisdom of heaven. It's not human wisdom. Human wisdom says, man, we got conflict. Okay, I'm going to bring up my point. You bring up, we just go at each other. And, and, and God says, mm, I'm a peacemaker. I love my enemies. And I want to tell you, I've had this verse, and there have been times when I've been in conflict, I've had to go in situations, and I don't know what to do, right? So I ask God, God, I need your wisdom. And I feel like I'll hear the Holy Spirit say, James 3, I go, no, I don't need that. I need to know what to do. <laughs> right? I mean, seriously, this is exactly my conversation with God. I need to know what to do. And he goes, James 3. And so I sit with it. And I imagine going into this thing, this meeting, this deal that I have to go into and go, okay, I'm going to be peace-loving. I'm going to be considerate, submissive full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. And I want to tell you, man, if you walk into any situation with the wisdom from God, there's a chance for peace. And if you're a peacemaker, you will sow a harvest of righteousness. Anybody want a harvest of good things will happen. So number one, man, you got to love your enemy. Number two, the radical love of Jesus says you got to do good to those who hate you. Now this is Seriously, now, I don't know about you, but for me, I'm just going to be honest with you. When someone gets to the point where they hate me, I, I hate that. <laughs> There's nothing, I, I, I hate that conflict in that, in that. So if someone hates me, man, the way of the world, right? What's the way of the world? If someone hates us, what do we do? We run, man. We avoid it. Man, if you hate me, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to keep my distance then. I'm going to hesitate. I'm going to withdraw from you. I'm going to avoid you. But the way of God is, he goes, I'm diving in. You're like, what? Jesus, this is going to hurt. It hurts to be hated. Believe me, Jesus knows. He knows. Almost everybody today hates him. And I am so grateful that I don't serve a God who said, Nelson, when you hated me, then I avoided you. I am so glad. He said, Dave, when you hated my ways and didn't want to follow me, I dove in and did good for you. You guys, God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. I love it, Romans 5, chapter uh, 5, verses 6 through 8, my favorite passage in the Bible. He says, at just the right time when you were powerless, ungodly sinner, that's when I die for you. Human love always avoids the conflict. We avoid the pain. We pull away. But the love of God in Christ, if we're going to follow Christ, he says, someone hates you, then do something good for him. Can you guys, hold on a second. Can you imagine this week if all of us walked out to people who hate us and actually did something nice for them? Oh, okay, come seriously. That will throw a wrench into the whole system. I mean, sir, that is not how you play the game. You have a chance to walk out of here today and freak some people out. Treat the ones who hate you by doing something good. Number three, he says, bless those who curse you. Now, if you remember, we did a series on, on this whole blessing idea just a, you know, a couple months ago. When you curse, the word curse, like I hear curse and I think, oh, I'm going to put a spell on you, you know. But really, what curse simply means, the word means to slight. 
it means to minimize. It means to make small, insignificant, and bring down. So when somebody curses you, what they're doing is they are, it's, it's language that demeans you. It makes you small. Now, if you remember, so you get cursed, and Jesus says, and I want you to bless. Remember what the word bless meant? When you bless somebody, it means words of high value. You actually speak well, and you lift them up. Now, come on, man. Wait a second. This, the way of the world is what? If somebody curses you, if somebody cuts you down, if somebody says something mean to you, what do you do? A few different options. Some of us defend ourselves, right? No, I'm not. Right? And you get defensive. Some of us sling it back. Oh, really? Here, here, then take this one. And then you just start this conflict and this fight going on. And many of us just pull away. That hurt, and I'm just going to avoid all that. Now, this is, you've got to catch this. Why do we defend ourselves when somebody curses us? Why does that feel the right thing to do when it's the opposite of who Jesus is? Here's why. Because we find our value in people's opinions of us. That's why. The value of almost every person on this planet is determined. You think your value is based on your performance, what you do, and then people's opinions of you. So if somebody come and comes and curses you and belittles you, then you feel less valuable. And so... Now, and, and really, if you're the initial one, if you're the person who throws the first curse and knocks somebody down, see, you knock them down, so what does that make you feel? Valuable. I feel more valuable than you do. And then how do we respond? You guys, if we sling it back, right? So they knocked us down and said, you're not valuable, and then we go, well, you're not either. Right? You throw the words back and you start the fight. And why do you do that? Because you need to know I'm valuable. And so you bring someone else down to your level. Now, if you defend yourself, that person throws something, a curse at you, why do you have to defend yourself? When you defend yourself, you're not bringing somebody else down. You're bringing yourself up. And you have to bring yourself up because you think your value is in what people think of you. Anybody else guilty as charged? This is so me. So man, so Jesus comes and he says, no, the way of God, you guys, it's crazy. Read the Bible. You, when you see Jesus, not one time ever does he defend himself. Not one time ever does Jesus have to go, oh yeah, well, huh? Or not one time does Jesus go, oh, that hurt. Oh, you're, I know things about you. You, you know, any. He doesn't do that. The Bible says, when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Years ago, I got a letter, three pages. There wasn't even a greeting. It was like, dear Dave, and then it was three pages of everything that I do wrong as a pastor. Bam, 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 bam. And eventually, like, bottom of the second page, we forgive you for all the mistakes you've made as a pastor. <clears throat> but it literally, it was just like, <sighs> total just shot me down. 
And I remember I was, I was just thrown for a loop, so I called my pastor back in Detroit, who's my mentor, and I just said, man, Steve, help me with this one. What do I do with this? Because what was weird is I didn't even know that these people felt this way at all. And um, so I read the letter to him, and when I got done, he just said, hey, you know what, Dave? He goes, this is what nobody understands. Nobody gets this. He said, just bless them. Just bless them. So I got out my paper and I wrote him a letter back, and that's all I did. I said, hey, I, I want to let you know I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for the way I've let you down. But I just want to let you know when I see you, I'm so grateful to see your smiling face on a Sunday. Thank you for the years of service that you've given here. Thanks for your faithfulness. Thanks for the lives that have been totally touched because you poured out. I just went off and on and, and sent it off to him. About two weeks later, we were having a baptism. And I was standing there, and all of a sudden, uh, the couple walked around the corner. And because um, there were some people there that they knew well that they wanted to support. And as soon as they saw me, the gal just started weeping. And she walked right up to me, and she just gave me this huge hug and just embraced me. And we've been good ever since. This is the way of Jesus. I wanted to defend myself, but instead, I blessed those who cursed. You guys, we can change the world if we do this. Number four, you need to pray for those who mistreat you. I'm sorry, who abuse you. Now, the word in the NIV is mistreat. When I looked it up, it means to treat abusively, despitefully. If you look up abuse, that means extreme, extremely offensive and insulting, habitual violence of cruelty. Now, here's what I know. In the room this size, many of you, many of you, have experienced some horrific abuse. Some of you are in it right now. And I just want to say what's really interesting to me about this passage, you have to notice this, that there, when, when, when Jesus gets to this constant mistreat and abuse, he, there is no interaction with the person. So if someone is your enemy, you love them. If they hate you, you do good things to them. If they curse you, you bless them. If they're abusive, you pray for them. And there's actually no interaction. I was really struggling with this passage because I'm just like, how do I say, man, go love your enemies, go love those who hate you? And some of you are going, are you kidding me? I'm supposed to stay in this relationship when he's beating the crap out of me? No. No, you aren't. And you need to hear that. But Jesus in his is so important. Here's the way of the world, though. If someone has abused you, the way of the world is, then despise them, then hate them, and then hold it against them. And what's that going to do? Then you can be bitter for the rest of your life, right? Then you can have anger inside of you. And that's what Jesus is saying. No, don't do that. Pray for them. Because the way of God, and when he says pray for them, what you can actually do, even for someone who's an abusive, is you can still be for them. You still can. Jesus was abused ridiculously, and he was for them. I told my kids right off the bat, learned this real quick in elementary school, kids, you need to realize, man, hurt people hurt people. Do you guys know that? 
If anybody who has hurt you, it's because they're hurt. Now that doesn't mean you're supposed to be the one, well, I'll fix you. No, you're not the one who's supposed to fix them. But you pray for them. You gotta actually have healthy boundaries in relationship with each other. So you lift them to God. So there you go, man. This is the way of Jesus. No matter what, he's saying, don't pull away. Get in there. Love them. Do good. Bless them. And for people you shouldn't even be around, just pray for them, though. Still be for them. And then he says it a different way. And I'm going to say, all of you who are Christians, please listen very closely with your heart. Do you love only those who love you? Do you only hang out with your friends? Do you only get along with, along with the people who you, that get along with you who love you? And Because Jesus says, hey, listen, everybody does that. There's no credit in that. There's no blessing in that. There's no divine in that. There's no me in that. People who sent sinners do that. And then he says, do you only do good to those who do good to you? Who do you actually give your life to as a follower of Christ? And he's saying, if you only hang out with the people you get along with, you're not like me. That's not it. Everybody hangs out with the people that that they get along with. What credit or benefit is that to you? Basically what he's saying, you guys, that's very human. It's the way of the world. But you've been rescued from that. You aren't in the way of the world. You're in my kingdom now. In Matthew, when he goes through this, he says, if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? There's no reward. But in this passage, you guys, there's a great reward. What is the reward of radical love? In Luke 6, he says, your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High because he's kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Number one, this, this, uh, this radical, the, the reward, number one, you'll have reward with others now. Part of the way of living like Christ is you will have reward with others now. That's what happened to me with this couple. I actually got the reward of being in good relationship with them now because I didn't follow the ways of the world. And I stepped in and did what Jesus wanted me to do. You will. You guys, come on, man. You know you will be an absolute wrench into the entire system. People are going to tell you, no, this isn't how it works. Do you know how much how people are going to freak out when they try to bring you down and you're going to bless them back? Imagine what that would do in your workplace, in your marriage, in your friendships, wherever. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. You can have a reward right now. And I'm telling you, this is what the world needs, is people filled with God's love, filled with Christ, who are not going to retaliate, because we're all going to be hated. We're all going to have enemies. We are, but we can make a difference. So reward with others now. Number two, You'll have reward with now with God. You can have reward now with God. The Bible says if you do this, if you walk out of here today and start loving your enemy, he says you'll be children of God. What does that mean? He goes, you're going to have my DNA. You're going to have my name. Why? Because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. And if that's the spirit that's now inside of me, then I'm going to be kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Which means what? I will be in sync with Jesus. I will be of him and he, I, I will experience his life and I'll be in him and he will be in me and then I'll finally know him. 
So you guys, if you want to know Christ, you actually have to walk with Christ. And he loves the ungrateful and the wicked. I'm telling you, if you want intimacy with them, you can have reward with God now. And then last, reward in heaven. There is a, remember heaven, <laughs> that whole series? There is a reward waiting for us in heaven if we do this. So, let's end with this. How in the world? How in the world? I've sat with this all week. I can't do this. So the first thing you have to do, number one, if you're going to experience this radical love, you've got to receive forgiveness. Listen to me. This is really important. You must confess that you do not live like this. You've got to take some time with God and sit down and just say, I do not love my enemies. I haven't treated someone who's hated me and done a good thing for them ever. I'm totally avoiding them. You need to confess to God that you defend yourself. You need to confess to God that you find your value in other people instead of him. That's a good thing to confess. Tell God, God, apparently this person's opinion means more to me than you do because when they demean me, I lose my value. You gotta confess to God that other people are more, actually mean more to you than God. Just tell him that. You need to confess that you pull away. You know what you guys, you know what we need to confess? God, I'm human. I'm human. I am not like you at all. But you've saved me to live that way. Jesus, I confess, the way I treat my enemy is sin. It is not right. And I actually realize I'm in opposition to you. If I say no to you in this area, then I'm opposing you. I don't want to oppose God, man. So confess it to him. Second thing you got to do, receive forgiveness is one. Number two, you got to receive Christ. You guys, we got to receive Christ. He alone is the only one who can actually forgive us, who can take away this sin. He's the only one who can rescue you from the rat race of finding your value in your performance and other people's opinion. Jesus is the one who can take that away. Now here's the other thing. He's the only one who ever lived like this. That's what made him God on earth is he never sinned. He loved everybody perfectly. So you need him inside you. If you don't know Christianity, that's what happens. When you receive Christ, he forgives you of all of your sin. He takes away the self-dependency, but then he fills you with his spirit. And when he fills you with his spirit, now I have in me the one who loves my enemies. I actually have a power that I don't have by myself, but I have it with him. So we got to receive Christ. And then lastly, you, you need to receive his blessing. Ephesians 1.3 says this, Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. What is blessing? Blessing, again, is lifting high. Blessing is placing high value. 
Jesus wants every one of us to know the problem that you have, the reason you are in this rat race and the reason you get caught up in the way of the world and the reason you're fighting and the reason you aren't a peacemaker is because you don't know how blessed you are. You don't know how loved you are. You don't know how important you are. You don't know how I think about you. And the reason Jesus never had to do that is because when someone tried to bring him down, he was like, I know who I am and I know that I am absolutely loved. He goes, the Bible says Jesus didn't care what was in people's human's heart. He knew what was in human heart. And so he never entrusted himself to men. You guys, God, through Christ, has lifted us up. And he's always there to lift us up. And here's what he wants to say to you. You are dearly loved. You are forgiven. You are my child. You are highly favored. You are mine forever. I go before you. I am with you. I am for you. I know the plans that I have for you. Nothing can separate you from my love. See, and then when someone says, you know, you stink. You're a loser. You'll amount to nothing. When someone opposes you, doesn't like you, demeans you, or, or abuses you, you can finally say, you know what, I don't need your friendship. I don't need your kindness. I don't need your blessing to know that I'm valued. You may think you can bring me down, but you can't because I have been lifted up with every spiritual blessing in Christ. This is the only way to handle the enemy is you gotta know, I'm gonna bring you down. You can't because I know who I am, because I know I'm loved, because I know I'm valued. You wanna bring me down? No way, baby. I'm gonna bless you with the blessing I've received. I'm gonna love you like the way I've been loved. I'm gonna do good to you like what's done to me. You guys, Jesus and what he is for us is our only hope to change this world. I know who I am, I know I'm loved, I know how valuable I am. I had someone sacrifice their life for me and he's the king of kings, and he's the Lord of lords. He's a little more important than you are, right? That's what you've got to know. And the last thing I'll say is this. You're gonna have to do this by faith and absolute obedience to Jesus because you are never gonna feel like doing it. You're never gonna go, oh, that was horrible. Let me love you. <laughs> oh, it's not. You are gonna have to fight the fight of faith and don't follow what you feel man and fear is always of the enemy it's just a veil because on the other side of that fear is life and in this room right here man in the power of God inside of us we could literally change this world if we would start loving like he loves love your enemy do good to those who hate you bless those who curse you pray for those who abuse you and you will be a child of God. So here we go. Band's gonna come up. Got a fantastic song for you just to sit with. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about who that person is. I know, man, there's no way you could go through this day without the Holy Spirit going. You know who it is who's your enemy. You know who it is who hates you. You know who it is who's cursed you. You know who it is that you're in unresolved conflict with right now. And he's asking you to love him. All right? So listen intently to this song. And while we do, we're going to take our offering. Why? Why? 
Because it is so important for us to get in this idea that the kingdom of God is to take what you've received. He loved me when I was his enemy. He did good to me when I hated him. He blessed me when I cursed. God just gives to me, and then I give what, he's, what he gives to me. And so you guys, financially, man, that's a, a whole lot easier than that. But financially, we give back to God because it's the best thing for our heart to say, what I receive, I give. And so we're going to be faithful to him to say, man, God, here's your 10% that's yours, not mine. Take it, and I'm going to be as generous as I can because I want to know you. All right? Sit with this one, and then we'll close.